<laughs> What's up, guys? This is Carly Janae, and thank you for tuning in to season two of Naked and Exposed, the podcast. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to this episode. And guess what? I know it's been a minute. You're probably tired of just hearing me since I've exposed you to new people. No, I'm just kidding. I know you love me. Um, but yeah, I have a special guest. His name is David Johnson. Woo, 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 woo. And I don't even know if I could give him an adequate title to convey the fullness and how God uses him, but he is just amazing. He's a new father, you guys, which is a new title that has been added to his tool belt. But he's also a worship leader. He's also a strategist. He's also a teacher, like just everything and more. Okay. Like he's just great. And so David had the opportunity to lead worship with the Naked and Exposed showcases for the last two showcases. And if you haven't heard, the new showcase will be July 18th. Woo, 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 woo. And details will come soon. So just save that date on your calendar. Okay. So David, tell us about yourself. I don't know what to say after an introduction like that. Sheesh. Come on. I, um, I think for me, I'm your kind of typical positive, happy-go-lucky, jokey, excited about everything person. Um, but I, I think for me, the way that I would describe myself is just a person who highly values humility. Yeah. Um, and that's just, I mean, it's something that I really want to walk in and desire to walk in and I'm growing in every day. Yeah. But you'll catch me smiling. You'll <laughs> catch me laughing and being loud and noisy. And trying to make people laugh because I just love to inspire joy. And um, as as Janae said, as you said, I'm a new dad. Uh, I'm a proud husband. Yes. It is going to be six years in August. So God is good. And yeah, I'm a little bit of everything. I, I music, teaching, encouraging, coaching. I like to do all of that stuff. All so that. jack of all trades and we're going to master something. All right. We're not going to be a master of nothing in Jesus name. <laughs> in Jesus name. Yes. Humility. What does humility look like to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So humility for me is the ability to take myself out of the equation and to prioritize the needs of somebody else. Um, our pastor describes it so well, Janae, when she talks about how humility is not denying your strength. It's the ability to restrain it. Right. And so for me, when I think about humility, it's not necessarily about what David can do. Yeah. It's about what does somebody need and how can David meet the need? So it's a lot less about shining and much more about helping somebody else shine and helping somebody else discover the light that's in them. I think the most humble people are the people that are content when somebody else is shining. And so for me, I get joy out of that. Like I literally get satisfaction out of seeing somebody else shine. And it's really not even like, Oh, I was a part of that. Or, Oh, I can, that doesn't matter. I just want to see you shine. Cause I want to see you shine right. and being a part of that process is a privilege. So that's humility for me. The most humble people are those that are okay with other people shining. My God, my God, my God. Like that just speaks volumes. I would say that some of the biggest things that I have to overcome on a daily basis is pride yeah, yeah. Um, and allowing my pride to die, um, allowing the, the pride to die in the sense of feeling like I have to justify everything that is spoken to me or against me. But it's like God says he's our vindicator, yeah. like he's the judge. And it's like, 
okay, God, if you're my defender, then I have to trust that in this moment, your word says to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Yeah, yeah. So I can't even allow my emotions to get discombobulated when something is said to me that may be an attack against my character. Because at the same time, this person, one, may not personally mean it, yeah. but at the same time, they may not have the awareness to know that it even offended me. Mm -hmm. And if I try to seek revenge, then you so revenge. Does yep. that make sense? Um, because we just, <laughs> we just learned about mercy. Um, we're, we're learning on the Beatitudes in Matthew and it's like you give mercy, you receive mercy. And so it's this notion that what you sow is what you reap. Yeah. And sometimes we are so quick to want to see things justified yeah. that really the only thing that needs to be done is absolutely nothing because it's God who's going to be the one that exalts if that's what he calls to do in a moment, or it's going to be God that just allows us to get from point A to point B in the timeliness in which he's called us to do. And I think sometimes we try to negate the process. Like we try to skip the process. We try to just, okay, God, you said I'm going to be this. And we jump eight <laughs> uh, miles ahead. And yeah. God's just like, wait, sis, like daughter, you're supposed to be back on mile one. Like what you're, you're trying to sprint a race. I've called you to walk alongside me with. So and so, yes, humility, man. Like what does, what Give us an example of something that you've had to come that has taught you humility. Yeah, that that's such a great question. And what you said um, was just so profound, because as you were talking, I was thinking that along our journey, a lot of times learning how to die to the need for justification is an element where we just don't trust God very well. Like we we think, OK, God, if you don't get this person the way that I expect you in the timing that I expect you then maybe I need to make it happen or maybe I need to set that stage or maybe my posture towards that person can be in a way that shows that there should be some sort of vindication and it's just not necessary. But that's unrelated to the answer to <laughs> that I'm going to give you to your question. So for me, man, how can I make this succinct? I think, you know, when I look at my life, I tend to be a person who is my own worst critic all the time. Um, I growing up in a lot of religion, to be honest with you, and not even necessarily that it was in my immediate circle. But when religion's in your bloodline, Janae, like when it's just there, it, it just I mean, you begin to do things that don't make sense. Yeah, it's crazy. And so short version, I'm gonna try to keep this succinct because, you know, I like to tell stories. Yeah, tell it. So the short version is growing up a perfectionist, growing up, always being on display. Right. Mm. It, you know, David was the example. Oh, if you guys were more like David, if you if you acted like David, if you spoke like David, if you behaved like David. So constantly being under the microscope for me, it created this perfectionist mentality. And what God's really been dealing with for me in the area of humility is that I will judge myself according to a standard that God doesn't even judge me. And Janae, I'll tell you like one time <clears throat> out of like a crazy, amazing worship moment, I'm sitting on the floor in tears and God is saying, David, you think that you're a better judge than I am. You think you're a more righteous judge than me because you're saying I deserve to be condemned when I said you are free, when wow. I've said you're redeemed. Yeah. And so he said, you think you're a more righteous judge because you're holding yourself and punishing yourself in the bondage of your oppressive thoughts, of the way that you're thinking about yourself, the way that you see yourself. You are binding yourself in and locking yourself into a prison, prison that you created that I've freed you from. And that was so convicting because my heart is, God, you are the righteous judge. You're the just judge of all the earth and you yeah. do what's right. And so when God challenged me and said, can you step out of the way and accept my judgment over you instead of your own? 
And it just, it really broke my mind. So for me, humility in this season is learning how to let God really be the judge. Mm. So if I feel, David, you're not worthy. If I feel, man, David, you really messed this up. I've got to have the humility. It's not just something that you accept. I have to be humble enough to say, God, your judgment is better than mine. So it's radical. And it's something that for me, I'm still learning to walk out. I still have a hard time getting it right all the time, but I'm learning that God's the righteous judge. So when he says forgiven, that's it. Period. End of story. Because he is the righteous judge. Listen to the flesh <laughs> and to the mind. It absolutely sucks. Yeah. But God is like, go lower still. Uh-huh. And you're just like, wait, God, I'm already low. He's like, nope, <laughs> you're not low enough. And it's like, OK, like, how low can we go? Like, it's literally a game. How low can you go? <laughs> can you go down low? Like, man. Yeah. I'm trying to gather myself because it's so amazing. Um, this is why it's important to have community, you guys, of all walks of life, whether single, married, whether opposite sex, same sex. Like it is vital, whether old or young, like it is vital yeah, yeah. to have community because it's in community, there's safety. Um, it says there is safety in a multitude of wise counsel. And so it's the desire that we are equally yoked with people that are going in the same direction who have the authority that God has given them the authority to speak into your life and to bring Break things off to call things out that you may not see or just be there when you need it. And I'm saying this to say because I didn't realize how similar our seasons were. <laughs> um, God has definitely been teaching me contentment mm. in this season. And I can finally say that I understand what contentment looks like. But we know God is the God of the left turn <laughs> and the God of the light switch. So as soon as you think, OK, I'm good. He's like, nope, there's something else I want to deal with. Now let's deal with it. And yeah. it's like, um, I'm a learning God as a friend. I have come out of these past two seasons of really understanding God as a father. And and, and you guys, we've echoed this over the last two seasons now because we're almost at the end of season two. But a father gives pr- protection, a father gives provision, and a father gives purpose. But God is like, but who am I to you as a friend, as yeah. a companion? And it's in those corrective experiences that come through community. And sometimes it may not even be people in community, but because you have community, you've grown in the level of maturity to be able to recognize, okay, this person who's not in my community, God is still using them to expose corrective experiences, areas that need to heal. And so humility for me looks like hearing a friend explain to me how they have perceived my heart and my character and not taking offense to it, but being okay with saying, Hey, this hurts me, but also being okay with still showing up um, and still putting forth that effort to, um, allow my character to be transformed because I'd rather a friend tell me than somebody on the street, you know, mm-hmm. um, because the friend has authority Like God has given them this grace, especially when you define a friendship, you guys, you have to lay out what are expectations because sometimes it is the expectation of what we think it should look like that gets us in the biggest trouble. And it sometimes doesn't look like what we expect it, but it, but that's because we didn't communicate our expectations. And so I can totally relate <laughs> Yeah, to finding humility and being okay with hearing um, how I am perceived, picking out, you know, chew, you know, the saying, chew the meat and spit out the bones, but also still showing up yeah. and still being a part of their life and just being grateful that I even have people in my life that are willing to be vulnerable and transparent with me um along the way so i totally get it um so would you say that humility is a mountain that has 
to be moved or is still being moved? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think for me, it's still being moved. And I think personally, this is my opinion, right? I think that humility is an area that we will all, that it will always be in the process of being moved. I think it's, it's, it's a faith to faith, glory to glory thing where you're going to accomplish measures and levels of humility in certain seasons of life. And then there's going to be required that you go deeper and that you go further. And I believe that because just in our flesh and our human nature, there's, there's constantly going to be a battle of wills, even in small things, even as we begin to apprehend and wrestle our will to the ground in some big major areas, there's still going to be little things where, you know, God says, don't eat that cake. And you're like, nah, but I want it. So I'm gonna eat it anyway. And right. And, and right there, that was pride. Like I chose my own will, right. Against the will of the one that knows better. So in the, in the simple things, and I believe it's so beautiful because God can use what would seem to be small to show us that we still have growing to do. So I think for me personally, it's definitely a mountain that's still being moved, but we're making progress. And I think, you know, it was, it was, it's very humbling for me that you know, I was talking to a really dear friend and she said, I, I never would have guessed pride looking at you. And I was like, yeah, like, I get that because overtly and what you see, you, you see what I've built and what I've forged and, and the moving of the mountain. Like you see that that mountain is not where it was, but there's still elements behind closed doors where it comes to wrestling with the will of God, where I'm tempted to choose me above him. And so, yeah, you know, humility is still being moved. But I think the beautiful thing about mountains, like one of the things that God kind of showed me, and we talked about this, Janae, was the scripture came alive to me in such a different way when it talked about, you know, Jesus saying, if you speak to this mountain, that it would be removed and cast into the sea. Mm -hmm. And that just broke my mind because I had always just looked at it as moving of the mountain. But God is leading us to a point where the evidence that a mountain was there would no longer be there. Wow. That, that where a person stands and they saw a mountain that is literally so far under the sea that it doesn't look like there ever was one there. And I believe that that's the level of work and depth that God wants to take us into when we overcome the things that have been mountains in our lives is that to people like to this, to this friend of mine, to be able to say, David, I would not have guessed pride. Well, that's because from your perspective, you're seeing a mountain that's now in the sea. (laughs) Praise God. Right. And I can still see that uh, that mountain's still poking out of some areas, but that's okay. And so it's a beautiful thing when when a person can look from the outside and see the work and the commitment, when you still have a self-awareness that is healthy, yeah. that keeps you low to the ground and keeps you in a yeah. place of saying, God, you're done, you've done amazing work thus far, but you're not done with me yet. Yeah. And it takes the burden off of our shoulders Come on. Um, because the next question that I would ask, and, and I'm asking it while I'm processing <laughs> it because I too struggle with perfectionism um, where what one would see as my greatest weakness or my greatest strength would too be my greatest weakness. And I know that I have this, um, we had to take the Clifton strength binders and I love when things give us language for our characteristics. And if you look at like, for example, I have strategic thinking. Um, if you look at that in the kingdom of light, to some degree, that's the gift of heavy discernment to the ability to kind of just process through and kind of see things for what they are and what they are not. And I have a point to this and Holy Spirit, bring it back to <laughs> me because um, I am totally drawing a blank. I do not know why this is happening. This typically doesn't happen, but you know, hey, this is why we're naked and exposed. So you can see the real rawness of what truly goes on um, in my mind. Um, so it will also set you guys free um, as well. But it's like this. I'm really drawing a blank. Wow. <laughs> 
Maybe I'm supposed to pivot off of that. Well, if I'm supposed to pivot, Lord, you're going to have to right. give me what it is that we're supposed to be pivoting to. Come on, because we were talking about perfectionism yeah, yeah. and we were talking about the diff, like what one would see as a strength would really be the weakness and taking the burdens off of our shoulders because I can, I know that I will, because I have this high level of wanting people to succeed or wanting people to be their best, I have this high standard in which I hold people to, but I'm also holding myself to it. And I've noticed that I'm hard on myself in the same areas in which I'm hard on other people. And so for you, how have you found that balance um, with it? Because you said that the mountain was removed. So what a person was perceiving. So what a person would see again as my strength, which internally is my weakness. How have you found that balance in a sense to be able to realize like, wait, I am free from this. So how to stop swimming in the condemnation of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I'm okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, it's 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 a major, major, major reliance and appreciation on of the Holy Spirit and crediting God for what God's done Mm -hmm. and not for what David's done. And I think for me, you know, when, when you talk about condemnation, condemnation is a very like self focused experience, right? It's I'm picking literally everything apart about me and it's all on me. What you talked about with responsibility that, and, and I love what you said about God being a friend and, and just a partner, like God wants to do things alongside and with us. And so it's this idea of he shares this burden and he takes so much more responsibility than we really have to. So I think for me, what has really helped me to guard from the condemnation side of things is knowing who gets the credit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even, even God, second Corinthians 12, he tells Paul, my strength is perfected in your weakness. So when a person says, man, David, you're so humble. And immediately the thoughts come to my mind of everywhere that I've been prideful. My next responsibility is God. You can be glorified in the death of this pride. You've already been glorified in it because another person is seeing that glory. And everything that I am aware of that still needs to be done is an opportunity for you to be further glorified. So it's about taking the attention off of David, right? And moving it to where God, you can be glorified in this. You can be glorified if I can continually nail these elements of pride to the cross as you've already been glorified with how you've partnered with me to nail other areas of pride to the cross that are now expressing humility. So I think- that's how I've guarded from condemnation is it's, it just has to become less about David because the more that I look at me, the easier is going to be like, man, you didn't do this and you haven't done that. And you're still prideful here and you're still messing up in this area. And, and that just sends me into this depressive cloud yeah. of disappointment as opposed to saying, God, look at what you've done and look at what you can still do. I don't know how you're going to deal with this area of pride, but if you could do that, I know that this is going to be an area where you're going to be glorified in it. That's that's kind of how it's worked out for me. Yeah, that's good. I know for me, some uh, what are we doing? What is this? What is this? What is happening here? Okay, God, thanks. (laughs) You guys, every time I get up here to speak, I am drawing a blank. So it is evident that this is an area in which I am heavily in. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is no shame in that for me, um, because it's something that I know it's vital for me to go into this this next level of what it is that God is calling me to do. And if I can be, again, transparent and vulnerable, we had something a couple of weeks ago called Creative Flow Night um, at our church where we just kind of flowed prophetically as creatives, dancers, worshipers, singers, poets, like however it shall flow. And I... 
and taking the leap of faith to start dancing. So learning how to become free within my body. So I'm up at the front um, and Mama Chandra, who you heard at the beginning of this season, if you want to go and check it out, I want to believe she's episode three. She might be episode four, but she's up there of season two. Um, And she was sharing this story about just how she had to overcome fear. And yes, fear is another area in which I had to become free from. But let's just stay on point, which is the condemnation. And I was so in my head when it came to dancing and because this was a new area and because I have to shuffle through these emotions of am I good enough? Are people going to talk about me because I don't have rhythm? So go through those emotions and, and process through them and not get caught up on what people have said about me and understanding that my body is an instrument of worship to the the Lord. And then I was asked, do you have a poem? And when I say that fear and that condemnation said, hello, like I literally froze. And in that moment of me attempting to minister through poetry, I could not catch my breath. Like I couldn't. And I had Mama Chandra reminded me, like, you have to take authority of those atmospheres. And that is one of the things I want to challenge you guys to do in order to take authority over condemnation and over order to take authority over fear, or anything that you're worrying about or anything that you're going through, because you have to know the word. Why? Because the word says to be anxious for nothing. And if there is any areas of anxiety, if there's any areas of fear, if there's any areas of condemnation, then God wants to set it free. And I'm saying all that to say there's another level in which we all are stepping into like this season. I don't know if y'all feel it in the spirit. I don't even know if y'all understand what I'm talking about when I say feel it in the spirit. So that may be a little advanced for you guys. And my, my inbox is open if you have any questions, but God is doing a lot in this season. And it is evident by the distractions that have been sent to try to get us off course. And as we go deeper in the word, as we go deeper in understanding who God is, God will continue and radically and quickly is uprooting the things that cannot go where he's going. And so I have some opportunities to minister through poetry over the next few months. But if I didn't have this moment in my house of safety, surrounded by my community where I completely bombed it, where I completely stumbled, where my pride had to say goodbye and humility had to say, I'm here, I would, this would have happened outside of safety. And I would rather the, exposure of the condemnation in these areas, even in an area that I'm familiar with to come to the surface so that I know now, wait, Janae, you have to take authority wherever you go. And I think God is so intentional because I tend to try to fall back on safety. So I try to pull people with me, (laughs) but I I'm learning um, that these days God is making me do it alone um, because people have become my crutch. But at the same time, that is why we have prayer. That is why we have people to process through. And I know one of the things that helps me is writing. If I can get it out of my head or if I can talk to people who are around me, then I stop swallowing it and I stop suffocating in the silence of it. So I just challenge you guys to get journals. I challenge you guys to just get note apps on your phone and start to just write these things, these feelings down. If you're dreamers, like write these things down because it will help you process through the condemnation. And then another thing that David said at the beginning is where, why he struggled with perfectionism or a reason. One of the reasons why he struggled with perfectionism was because he was the example. 
He was the thing, the the person that everybody pointed to in in how they should be. Where for me, it was different. Like I was great. Don't get me wrong, but it was always, why aren't you more like this? Why aren't you more like this? And it's like, well, that just opens up the door to comparison. Yeah. Like that just opens up the door for me to not feel adequate enough or to be comfortable in who I am, because then it's like, you want me to be like somebody else, but that's not how God um, created me to be. And it's always funny to think about because the people that I was told to be like behind closed doors, mm-hmm. you, uh-huh. yeah, I don't <laughs> think that would, you know, I don't think that was who you want me to be. And so I just want you guys to sit before the Lord and we'll definitely, I'll have David pray out. Um, <laughs> just allowing the Lord to show you word curses that may have been spoken over you, mm-hmm. allowing the Lord to show you areas in which comparison was set in your life, whether it be from friends, whether it be from parents, whether it be from yourself, whether it had been from social media, because we know that social media is a comparison trap. Um, and just allowing God to show you who he is as a friend. If you're still in that stage and allowing God to show you as a father, but the only way to do this, you guys, is to pick up the word of God and study it for yourself and to get in a healthy community that is headed in the direction in which we are headed. So David, before you pray us out, could you please let the people know how they can get in contact with you and then you can pray. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So if you guys want to get in contact with me, which would be incredibly humbling and a major (laughs) honor, because I don't, I don't expect that and look for it at all, but God is, God is amazing. So um, my Facebook page is primarily what I use. David Johnson, the second David Johnson, I, I, um, you can message me. You can post on that page. Um, you'll find a decent amount of content up there. Um, hopefully something that will be a blessing to your life. So that's where I do the the brunt of communicating from. And I would love to interface with you and just be a support to you. If you have prayer requests, if you have questions, just things that you're trying to understand about God, about his word. Listen, I don't know everything, but what I know I'm happy to share and what I don't know, I will find out so that I can share it with you. But yeah, facebook.com and look for David Johnson, the second David Johnson, I, I, Uh, And I would be glad to interface with you that way. So um, this has been a privilege. Let's pray together. Okay. Holy Father, in Jesus name, I thank you for your children. Thank you for my brothers and my sisters, those that are listening to this podcast. And God, I pray very simply that revelation knowledge concerning yourself and concerning themselves would arrest their moments of prayer would arrest their moments of opening your word. God, I pray for a level of self-awareness like they've never known. God, bring your people not just in touch with all the things that they already know, their flaws and the this and the that, but God, draw your people into your presence and show them what you think about them. Show them what you are singing and speaking over them. Show them your idea of them right? Because everything that you think of is good. Your ideas, your intentions are always good. So God, I pray that you just draw your people into an understanding of themselves. God, take them to the root system of every lie, of every curse, of every manufactured belief system, of every oppressive life um, style and life mantra that's been spoken and put upon them. God, make them aware of these things and God just empower them to know that by the blood of Jesus Christ, those things are already broken and let them step into a newness of living and be able to live according to the truth and not the realities of their past. Dad, we love you and we thank you for a transformative work that you've already started and that your children are partnering with you to finish in Jesus name. Amen. All right, you guys, we'll see you soon. Holla! Woo!